0: This audio presentation was pre recorded and edited for brevity and clarity.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to our monthly Bright Focus chat presented by the Bright Focus Foundation. My name is Guy Eakin. I'm the Vice President for Scientific Affairs at Bright Focus. And today I'd like to welcome our speaker, Dr. Neil Adams, who's an ophthalmologist in Maryland, not far from the Bright Focus headquarters. In addition, he is editor in chief of the journal I Reports. And he authored the book, Nutrition for the Eye, which was released last November. So, of course, September is Healthy Aging Month, and we chose today's topic of healthy living with low vision and today's guest, Dr. Adams, with that Healthy Aging Month in mind. For many of you, you've been on the call before, but for our new listeners, before we get into that call, I'd like to mention if you have a question during the course of our call and you'd like to ask Dr. Adams... At any time during the call, please press star 3 to submit your questions to the operator. And if for some reason you're disconnected from the call, the number to call back in is 1 229 8493. And you'll be asked to punch in an ID code of 112435. So that ID code is 112435, and the number is 877 229 8493. So, Dr. Adams, welcome to the chat. As you know, we host, these, you know well, we host these calls monthly and we generally start with a, a quick overview of macular degeneration. But uh could you give us a little bit about yourself, about your practice, and then we'll we'll go into to what macular degeneration is and uh and a little bit about nutrition in the eye.
0: Well thank you, Guy. I'm really honored to be a part of uh uh the Bright Focus Foundation chat and, and honored to be with you here today. And um I am a retina specialist um you know in the Metropolitan DC area Uh, on the Maryland side, and uh, very interested in nutrition for the eye. Just came out with a uh, book entitled Healthy Vision, Um, and you can get it at at, at bookstores around the country. Um, It's geared towards uh, patients and and just the general uh, population, um, general public. Um, And and recently, there's just been a flurry of scientific research on nutrition for the eye, and and patients and, and the American public in general are Really savvy, and they want to know. They want to know what all this research says, and, and as a society, we're becoming much more health conscious. And so, uh, I've spent quite a bit of time trying to figure out, um, you know, what all this research does say, and what does it say for our patients. And and you know, I'm in uh, in in private practice. I spent uh, uh, many years at Hopkins, and then uh, uh, eventually made it out to uh, my own practice. Um, uh, where I treat patients with macular degeneration and and a variety of other retinal conditions. And uh, our our goal is is always to to help out patients and and, and to equip patients with with the best knowledge so that uh, they can help themselves
1: out as well. Well, thank you. So that that idea of looking into the research and providing the, the evidence basis for, for the recommendations that we have around nutrition is is really what we're all about here today. But maybe could we start with a relatively basic overview of what macular degeneration is, and then we'll, we'll get into that idea of, uh, of nutrition and what that means for eye health.
0: Absolutely. So, um, you know, let me start uh, just one step back with vision and um, how vision is really our most important sense. And I don't say that just because I'm, I'm an ophthalmologist, but biologically, one-third of all of, of all of our brain function serves vision. One-third of, of all that brain function serves vision. So uh, that's why we say vision is our most important sense. And, and how does the eye work? Well, the eye is uh, you can think of it as a tennis ball. Okay, it's, it's hollow, just like a tennis ball, and there's a clear window in the front of the eye, and light goes in through this clear window goes in through the pupil and gets focused to the back wall of the eye, so the wallpaper the lines the back wall of the eye or, or or if you will, the wallpaper the lines the inside wall of this tennis ball, so if you think of that tennis ball, the wallpaper the lines the inside wall of it that is the retina it 's what sees light, creates pictures, and sends the pictures to the brain um, it 's very similar to The old-fashioned cameras where you put the film in and wind up the film, that film in the camera is the retina, okay? And so the retina is what sees light, creates pictures, and sends the pictures to the brain. So it happens to be the most active part of our whole body. So metabolically, it is the most active uh, tissue in our whole body, more active than anywhere in the brain, more active than your heart or your lungs. Because it's so active, the retina produces a lot of debris every day. And the back wall of the eye sweeps up all that debris every day. It's the job of the back wall of the eye to sweep up all of that debris every day that the retina produces. But sometimes, over time, our body may get tired, uh, particularly as we age, it may get tired and may not sweep up that debris quickly enough. And when that debris starts to accumulate that is the beginning of what we call macular degeneration. So macular degeneration is a condition in which debris starts to accumulate behind the retina. Um, When this debris starts to accumulate to any substantive uh, quantity, we can notice it when, when we look inside the eye as, a, as, a, as an ophthalmologist and as a retina specialist. When I look inside the eye, I can see some of that debris as it starts to accumulate. And then we tell the patient, well, you have the early stages of macular degeneration. And, and when you have a little bit of debris, it probably does not interfere with vision. But when this debris starts to accumulate even more, it may start to... Inf- interfere with vision, making vision either blurred um, or even creating some gray areas um, or even some, some blind spots in one's vision in the center as it progresses. This debris, when all you have is just this debris, we call that dry macular degeneration because the debris is dry. When the debris becomes brittle and starts to crack and blood vessels start to break through the cracks, and those blood vessels start to bleed and leak fluid, that can devastate devastate one's vision. And that's called wet macular degeneration because those blood vessels can grow like weeds and they can bleed and leak fluid, and that's wet macular degeneration. And not many people with macular degeneration have the wet type, most people have the dry type, but wet can be particularly devastating uh, to patients. So this debris, uh, just uh, for, for, for our listeners, um, this debris is called drusen. Our term for the debris is called drusen. And drusen is just a fancy word that comes from the Greek that means rocks. So back in the old days, way before uh, many of us were born, uh, doctors used to look in the back of the eyes and they, they'd see this this debris and look like rocks, and so they called it drusen. And that name stuck, and so when we see this debris in the back of the eye, we call it drusen. That's the fancy word for it. Um, but you and I, we can just call it debris because that's what it is. Um, it, it's debris.
1: What what do we know in terms of uh, if if we are what we eat, you know, what do we know about the what makes up drusen? And are we are we are we adding to the drusen through our nutrition or is that uh is that something unrelated to one another? In a way
0: it's 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 unrelated. Some of the drusen might have lipids and cholesterol and, and the the bad kind of fats. Um but most of the, the composition of the drusen is Uh, proteinaceous waste um, and and other uh, byproducts of of cells functioning. Um, And one factor that results in uh, excess drusen is um, excess oxidation. And you know, people ask me, well, what is oxidation? Um, You know, we've all heard of antioxidants, and and antioxidants are nutrients that prevent or are against oxidation. And so oxidation is this process where chemical compounds inside cells lose electrons, which lead to toxic changes in proteins and lipids and even DNA um, that ultimately leads to uh, injury to the cell and leads to this this debris. So, a lot of this debris that we're talking about is the product of oxidation, and, and antioxidants prevent this, oxida- uh, this oxidation. You know, one question people always ask me is, well, what does oxidation have to do with oxygen? Um, and, 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 and this is the kind of, you know, and, and where do we get all this oxidation from and, and why do we need all these antioxidants? Well, oxygen is a very curious molecule. As we know, uh, as all of us know, life depends on oxygen. We have to have oxygen. But too much oxygen can be harmful. And oxygen byproducts, form these toxic chemicals that result in oxidation. So all around us, there are many sources of oxygen byproducts from ultraviolet radiation from the sun, from exposure to chemicals in the air, pollutants such as car exhaust, cigarette smoking, trash incinerators, forest fires, pesticides, you name it. There are oxygen byproducts in many of the medicines that we take, and even just in foods, just by the nature of cooking or processing foods, they have oxidants. And so our body has to try to fight these oxidants, um, and and that's where antioxidation comes in. And the eye, uh, you know, the body contains high levels of antioxidants, and the eye, and, and specifically the retina, has one of the highest levels of antioxidant activity of anywhere because of this enormous task of of of, of creating vision that the retina has to do. Um, because it is the most metabolically active part of the whole body, it has to get rid of all these oxidants, um, get rid of all these Chemicals that damage the proteins, the lipids, the DNA, and this damage is what results in macular degeneration.
1: Well, I, I think a bright focus, you know, this week is with part of Healthy Aging Month. We're having healthy recipe contests. So, for the for the aspiring chefs out there contributing to that, is is there a list that you might give, or some examples of? Eye healthy ingredients or maybe even spices that you'd uh, recommend adding to a shopping list or to your pantry? Oh, absolutely! You know, I, I talk a
0: lot about uh, spices in my book, Healthy Vision, and there's a whole appendix that has various spices and foods and 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 wonderful things to eat. And um, I'll tell you about some spices, and then I'll tell you, um, you know, a sample meal that I would suggest uh, for you. But um, you know, spices such as mint, basil, um, saffron, curry. Ginger, garlic, cinnamon they are wonderful, and i 'll tell you a little bit about about all of them Mint uh, for example um, is is really important for the eye because it uh helps some signaling molecules in the eye and, pr- and those signaling molecules can uh protect the eye um, curry there are some studies uh in the medical literature that show that. Curry uh, and, and curry powder, which contains um, this this uh, uh, chemical called curcuminoid, uh, uh, it is a very strong antioxidant and can protect the retina. Um, and, and and I, and I, and I and these spices that I talk about, um, and, and in fact everything we're going to talk about is all from evidence-based. Medicine, you know what I talk about is uh from clinical trials um from the medical literature um, from from what we call evidence based uh, medicine so curry is wonderful saffron um, c- contains carotenoids um, which are very powerful antioxidants um, that can help prevent some of this oxidation that that occurs um uh you know in the retina um you know, ginger's wonderful um garlic has a very strong uh, antioxidant called uh, quercetin um cinnamon is uh, uh, has has so much uh, bioflavonoids. Um, uh, in fact, cinnamon probably uh, has more bioflavonoid um, uh, per serving um, than than almost anything else. Um, and, and, and a bioflavonoid, by the way, uh, for for those who are who are listening, um, bioflavonoids are. Um, uh, uh, Forms of antioxidants, and, and initially they were called vitamin P, P for protection. And you know, it, it, it all comes down to that saying, you know, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. And, and there's a lot of truth to that because um, apples are packed with bioflavonoids, and and um, bioflavonoids are ring-shaped nutrients that come from plant sources, and they act as very powerful antioxidants. And they also have some other actions, including anti-cancer, anti-infection, anti-inflammation, anti-allergic, anti-clotting. But we're most interested in their antioxidant uh, capability. And um, cinnamon is probably one of the Strongest or or most highly packed um, uh, 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 antioxidant sources. Um, A couple of other uh, wonderful sources of of these bioflavonoids are um, teas uh, and coffee. And believe it or not, chocolate. Um, you know, some of our listeners might be saying, "Oh, wonderful! I'm going to go ahead go and get myself some chocolate now." Um, but when I say chocolate, I mean um, you know, pure cocoa powder, and not the chocolate that's that's mixed with uh, sugar and butter and 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 and, and all that uh, uh, you know, the, the other ingredients. But pure uh, uh, cocoa powder is just packed. With uh, bioflavonoids and actually is a consider, wonderful source of antioxidants.
1: As we consider all these uh, all these wonderful ingredients, you know, you had brought up early on the the idea that preparation may be you know, maybe a consideration. Is there is there a rule of thumb for for getting the most benefit of the antioxidant properties of these ingredients from how you prepare your food? Well, the real easy rule of thumb
0: is uh is mix it up you know cook some um uh and 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 eat others raw uh, you know when you go into the details some uh some fruits and vegetables are better uh cooked um uh, for example tomatoes when you when you when you cook them they release um uh, some of their nutrients um uh, in, in, in including the lycopene uh which which gives the tomato the red uh, it, it's, it's red color and, and lycopene is just a wonderful uh antioxidant um, in in some of them when you cook them um they actually you know their nutrient levels decrease. So, you know, to go through um, each one is going to be very difficult, you know. And, and and again the you know, in my book, um Healthy Vision, I do go through, you know, which ones to cook and which ones not to cook, but the rule of thumb is, you know, mix it up. Don't always cook them all, don't always eat them all fresh. Mix it up, um but keep in mind don't overcook them. Um, you know, don't uh, don't boil them to death, uh, so to speak. Or, or you know, and of course, you know, um, deep frying is not a good uh, uh, way to eat your fruits or vegetables uh, anyway, um, uh, because of all the oil that you're adding with with the deep frying and and and, and just frying. Um, you know, the process of, of frying uh, uh, increases uh, oxidants in the. Food, you know, so you want your foods maybe gently cooked, um, or uh, or a lot of these fruits and vegetables not cooked, um, you know, but but you certainly don't want them overcooked or processed.
1: Uh, we know that the only existing intervention that we have that uh, for dry AMD is the are the Areds. Vitamin formulations, and we often have a lot of questions that are sent in by our listeners about ARIDS and other questions about other vitamins. And so, uh, for first of all, for new les- listeners, well, what is ARIDS, and and how do they how do they how do they work with uh you know we know many of our listeners are already taking other vitamins. How how do they work with the other vitamins? How do we look at that as part of a an overall? overall pharmacy of, uh, uh, of supplements or of nutrition that we might be taking into yeah. our body.
0: Absolutely. You know, I want to mention one thing, Guy, before we talk about the ARIDS. You know, you you mentioned it's it's pretty much the the only intervention that we have, and and I want to take a step back and say, well, you know, I'm going to politely disagree with that and and say that it's not the only intervention that we have. Uh, One very strong intervention that we have in macular degeneration is looking at risk factors and looking at um, uh, risk factors that a patient, might have, such as high cholesterol, high blood pressure, uh, other types of heart disease or diabetes or uh, uh, smoking status, inflammatory status. There are a lot of ways we can intervene um, to decrease the risk of progression of macular degeneration. And and really the theme is uh, keeping yourself healthy. And um, it, it, it goes back to this whole concept of Vision is our most important sense, and the eyes are most important, or I'm sorry, most demanding organ, and the retina is the most metabolically active part of your whole body. And so if you keep your whole body in as tip-top shape as possible, you know, starting with your cardiovascular health, going to your inflammatory health, all the way around, then that is a very important intervention uh in macular degeneration, and that's one thing that that I sit down with my patients and 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 we look at um you know these risk factors and and how we can intervene and Then we look at nutrition and nutrition is an important risk factor in macular degeneration uh and poor nutrition does increase the risk of macular degeneration and good nutrition does decrease the risk of progression of macular degeneration. And the ARID study uh, helped define for us the importance and the scope of good nutrition in um, uh, preventing uh, the progression of macular degeneration. ARID stands for the eye... I'm sorry, the age related eye disease study it was sponsored by the NIH, the National Institutes of Health, and it is just a wonderful study that taught us a lot about how nutrition uh, really plays a role in uh, the health of the retina in macular degeneration. But uh, taking a pill may not be right for everyone. Um, And and it's certainly um, easy to say there's one size fits all, but, but nutrition for the eye is really a complex solution. And before I talk about the ARIDs specifically, I want to talk about two nutrients which are in the ARIDs formulation. One is vitamin E and the other is zinc. And these two nutrients are in particularly high concentration in the ARIDs formulation. And I want to talk about how sometimes too much of a nutrient may be just as harmful as too little of a nutrient. And let's take vitamin E, for example. It's a very powerful antioxidant that, at the appropriate doses, it can protect the retina. And it may protect against macular degeneration, may protect against cataracts, it may block blood vessel disease. It works really well within membranes in the cell, and really, um, it's just a powerful nutrient. However, high doses of vitamin E, well, they can cause diarrhea, bloating, fatigue. But that's okay. That's not that big of a deal uh, in the long uh, in the long run. the The real issue is that vitamin E and increase the risk of bleeding in the eye. And because of the way vitamin and that's because of the way vitamin E interacts with vitamin K. And some of the consequences include strokes, um, for example, uh, some of the bleeding consequences. And, And vitamin E in high doses can also block antioxidants. It can block the effects of vitamin A and vitamin C. So when you take too much vitamin E, you lose out on the effects of vitamin A and vitamin C. So in our average diet around here, we we get in about 10 to 15 units of vitamin E uh, per day. That's the average diet. And perhaps the ideal amount is about 100 to 200 units a day. Over 200 units, you run the risk of bleeding complications and you block the effects of vitamin A and vitamin C. So let's put that on hold for just a moment. Let's talk about zinc and then we'll come back to the ARIDS formulation. Zinc, it's the second most abundant trace metal in the human body. It's very important. The highest concentration of zinc in the whole body is in the eye and particularly in the retina and the macula. That's the highest concentration of zinc in the body. And zinc is absolutely necessary for the action of over 100 enzymes. And these enzymes are so important for chemical reactions in the retina. And zinc is just absolutely necessary for over 100 enzymes. So studies have shown that people uh, uh, with macular degeneration have lower levels of zinc in their blood. And as we age, the levels of zinc can 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 decrease. Um, so zinc is so important for the macula, but... Zinc in high amounts, it's a metal. It's an oxidant. So I said it, guys, zinc is an oxidant. It's not an antioxidant, and we want antioxidants. We don't want oxidants. We want antioxidants. So zinc has to be balanced. We have to have enough zinc to activate all those enzymes and help all those enzymes work, but not too much zinc such that it's acting as an oxidant. So, arids is wonderful for some patients and not for others. Uh, Arids may, you know, the studies have shown in some patients with macular degeneration, arids does decrease the risk of progression. But it's not for everyone. The biggest concern with the arids are these high doses, particularly of the vitamin E and the, and the zinc. And these high doses may block activity of other antioxidants and may also cause oxidative damage. And that's something that we don't want. Um, the other issue with the arids is that it's missing so many other important nutrients and so, and that's where the ARIDS-2 came in. Some of the listeners may may uh, know about ARIDS-2, which is the new formulation of, of ARIDS, um, a newer study that put in nutrients such as lutein and zeaxanthin into the original formula. And lutein and zeaxanthin are very powerful antioxidants. So the ARIDS-2 has that lutein and zeaxanthin. Uh, and so that's wonderful. But even the ARITS-2 is missing so many other important nutrients. Good health requires multiple nutrients in an appropriate balance, and you may not always get that from pills. You know, pills, again, taking a pill may not be the right uh, solution for for everyone. Uh, Oftentimes, whole natural foods have a wide variety and a balance of nutrients that we haven't been able to mimic in, in a pill form. You know, No one's been able to mimic uh, you know, all the nutrients in an apple uh, into a pill form. And so as wonderful as the ARID formulation is, Uh, take it with a grain of salt. It may not be right for everyone. Some of the levels of of the nutrients in the arids are very high and may be more harmful than beneficial. And the arids may be missing some nutrients that uh, patients might need. And so the best way to do it is fruits, vegetables, whole natural foods. That is absolutely the best way to get in all your nutrients and uh, protect yourself um, from a nutritional point of view. But really, the the ultimate way is to look at all the risk factors and protect yourself from nutrition through all the risk factors um, uh, for macular degeneration.
1: Well, you bring up the idea of other other risk factors, and we're we're beginning to have some uh, some questions coming in. I want to remind people that if you press star three that you can submit your question to an operator, one of our first is Elizabeth from Massachusetts who's asking about uh, other lifestyle factors you know what do we know anything about exercise or the or She she mentioned playing tennis, hiking, or even the role of the sun, so just being outdoors. What do do we know about these other lifestyle factors that, uh, that might help with macular degeneration?
0: Absolutely. Um, you know, again, nutrition is one piece of the puzzle. And um, you know, in my book, Healthy Vision, I do talk about exercise. I talk about sunglasses and sunlight exposure. There are so many pieces of the puzzle. Let's talk about exercise and let's talk about sunglasses. Number one, exercise. There are so many health benefits of exercise. Increasing your blood flow is one of the top health benefits, and a research study that came out last year showed that being physically active over 20 years, so over a 20-year period, if you're physically active for that full 20-year period, you decrease your risk of having poor vision by a whopping 60%. So being physically active for 20 20 years can decrease your risk of poor vision by 60%. That is tremendous. Exercise is really all about keeping your health in tip-top shape, uh, and combining it with nutrition is just a simple and powerful tool to healthy vision and sunglasses the same thing uh can be said about sunglasses you know the science isn't quite there uh regarding sunglasses as it is with with exercise but the surface and and part of that is is that the surface of the eye contains powerful anti uh powerful ultraviolet blocking capabilities um but the so so it's not so much about the ultraviolet light from the sunglasses but it's about the heat energy, and uh specifically uh, it's about the um, high en- energy blue light um, that that gets to the retina. Uh, we all know that heat energy from sun burns. You may recall when you were a kid guy you know holding up a uh, magnifying glass up to the sun and burning a hole in a leaf. I think we all did that and and you know the eye acts just like that magnifying glass. You know, the eye focuses light all the way back to the retina, and it's just like a magnifying glass. So it makes sense to limit sun exposure and limit heat energy uh, from the sun with sunglasses. There's no definitive science to back up this practical recommendation, uh, but there is reasonable scientific evidence to suggest that this is the best way to do it. You know, one of the studies or, I'm sorry, two of the studies that we always look at um, are actually from here in Maryland, from the Chesapeake Bay, where the watermen um, who spend their day, uh, you know, day in and day out on the bay, uh, you know, uh, uh, crabbing and and getting all those crabs and, and, and they're on the bay with the sunlight hitting them from above and reflecting off the bay. Well, they do have an increased risk of uh, of, of various um, uh, eye conditions, um, and compared with those who aren't, um, you know that sunlight exposure has been shown um, to be uh, associated with the risk of progression of. Uh, macular degeneration and um, and and cataract and so if we can decrease the high energy blue light um, then that decreases the risk of um, macular degeneration decreases the risk of cataract and 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 really uh helps us out and again you know combined with nutrition it 's a very simple- po- simple and powerful tool um, to healthy vision. And, you know, you have to keep in mind that you have to combine this with nutrition because there are nutrients that act like sunglasses in our eyes. Uh, and we call them nature sunglasses. Um, Lutein and zeaxanthin, you may have heard of them. These are nutrients that are found in vegetables that give them their orange and yellowish color, and vegetables like, like squash, sweet potatoes, peppers, corns. The highest concentration of lutein and zeaxanthin in our bodies is in the back of the eye, where they form a layer that actually acts like sunglasses, a layer right in the retina, that protects the retina from the damaging effects of the sun, that protects the retina from the high-energy blue light, that protects the eyes from conditions such as macular degeneration. So, uh you know, what's the message here? Exercise. If you're out in the sun for any long period of time, wear sunglasses. And then eat your fruits and vegetables, particularly the orange and yellow-colored ones, but really all the different fruits and vegetables. They're all wonderful.
1: Well, let's move on to one of the other questions so uh, don from new jersey is referring back to your your statements about the arids too and, and takes it from the perspective of if I, if I, if he were to walk into the doctor's office and ask the question of is is arids 2 right for him you know perhaps perhaps you he could help him uh, how, how would he prepare for prepare the doctor to answer that statement? What would he need to take along with him to, uh, to help the doctor make that call on, on whether or not Aarons was right for him?
0: Well, I don't think you need to really take anything with you so so much as, as uh, you know, initiate the process of finding out what what risk factors you have, um, what is your diet like, and then what is your retina like? What stage of macular degeneration do you have? And, and keep in mind that, you know, macular degeneration, you know, we kind of lump it all as one condition, but there are a lot of us who believe that macular degeneration is not one disorder, but it Probably several hundred different conditions uh, that result in this um, uh, appearance in the eye that we call macular degeneration, um, and so really, it's it's all about what kind of macular degeneration do you have, and and what does it look like, and, and you know where are we in that whole process, and uh, you know it's it's really individualized, and you, know, you, you you can't you know, you can't come up with a set of criteria before you've seen the physician. You gotta go in uh with the physician and, and and um speak with the physician about what you have and what's going on and and you know there's a lot of research being done on these various uh types of macular degeneration and, and the genetics behind macular degeneration and and you know what we know today is different than what we knew a year ago and it's different than what we're going to know in a year you know as long as this research keeps going um the way it's going you know there's a lot that we're learning about macular degeneration every year and uh you know that all plays a role in how we approach um treating and preventing the condition
1: well so 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 uh get involved with your doctor spend some time talking to your doctor and stay up on uh, on the information that's out there in the in the public you've mentioned your book we have the bright focus resources as well through our website and through our call in you know, one of the things we haven't talked about—you talked about uh, about chocolate earlier on, and uh, you know, coffees <laughs> and teas—and uh, the one that comes up all the time, and it's coming up from Miss uh, Miss Young from Washington, who's asking about resveratrol. So this is red wine. So what what do we know about red wine and macular degeneration?
0: Well, let me let me back up just a moment. Resveratrol is a very powerful antioxidant. That's found in uh, uh, the the skin of uh, red grapes, and so um, really the discussion isn't so much about the wine as it is about the these red grapes, and 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 some people. Think that well, just go to the grapes, eat the grapes that's the best way to get it in um because uh you know you get some oxidation with the alcohol content in the wine, so you uh, you, you may want to avoid that part and just focus on the you know the antioxidant itself um you know And this all goes back to what's called the French Paradox. And and you may have heard of the French Paradox or listeners may have heard of the French French Paradox. The French Paradox is um, a a finding that in some regions of France where there is very high consumption of cheese and high-fat foods, that instead of finding very high heart disease rates, these areas uh, have lower heart disease rates than other places around the world, and the French paradox is just that is the paradox that people in these regions that consume uh, uh, these high fat foods have lower heart disease, and that 's because they consume a lot of powerful antioxidants. From grape and berry derived drinks and and really kind of a a lifestyle um, uh, that 's beyond just um, uh, the resveratrol um, but it is one bioflavonoid and and these uh you know these grapes and berries contain bioflavonoids, and we talked about bioflavonoids there are a large group of nutrients that are not required for any of our cells to function so you don't really need them but if you don't have them you are going to miss them and and right now there are about 5000 uh or so bioflavonoids that we've identified in 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 you know the scientific community has identified about 5000 different bioflavonoids and they are very powerful antioxidants and um we sure do need them
1: well, thank you so much, so I, obviously the research behind these things are very difficult. We all eat a variety of foods, we have a variety of behaviors. The clinical trials uh, are are quite complicated and uh, that we'll be looking at some of those understanding clinical trials, we'll be looking at some of those questions in our next chat next month which where we'll be focusing on exactly that question of understanding clinical trials. But we do we are running out of time today, and so I'd like to thank our speaker for uh for coming in and educating us about nutrition and about how our foods that we're consuming and the other activities that we're that we're taking part in are benefiting or maybe taking away from our our eye health. But before we conclude, I, I do want to ask a poll question. So overall, if, if our audience listeners wouldn't mind taking a moment to rate this telephone chat. So if you found this chat helpful, please, please press 1. If you found it only somewhat helpful, you know, press 2. And if you didn't find it helpful at all, please press 3. And we'll take all, of these, uh, take all of these ratings into consideration as we identify new topics and, and speakers along the way. But I do want to thank again Dr. Adams for taking the time to talk with us today. I thank everyone who joined the call and asked questions. Within about a week, we'll be posting a recording and a transcript of the call on our website, and you can listen to and download the past past chats that we've had through iTunes or SoundCloud, or just call 1-800-437-2423, and you can order a print transcript. That's one 800 one four, Sorry, 437 2423 I mentioned that our next chat will be on those understanding clinical trials. So we'd encourage you to register and submit questions in advance and we'll send you a reminder email before that chat. In fact, you can register for the October chat right now if you stay on the line at the conclusion of the call. You can register for the chat. You can request some of the free information that the Bright Focus Foundation provides, like the Healthy Living, Healthy Eyes, uh, Protect Your Sight Against AMD, or copies of recipes submitted during this month's Healthy Recipe Contest. So you can visit us at 1 800 437 2423 or always find these resources on our website at brightfocus.org. So that's www.brightfocus.org. Thank you, Dr. Adams, for sharing your expertise today. You've covered so much of the areas of nutrition and lifestyle to promote our healthy eye aging. And thanks to everyone on the call today. If you'd like to leave a comment after the call, stay on the line. And thank you from all of us at the Bright Focus Foundation. Have a great day.
0: The information provided in this recording is a public service of Bright Focus Foundation and is not intended to constitute medical advice. Please consult your physician for personalized medical, dietary, and or exercise advice. Any medications or supplements should only be taken under medical supervision. Bright Focus Foundation does not endorse any medical products or therapies.